Roasting. 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 You were supposed to say goats. Goats. So here we are, Roasting Goats. This is Bob Cook. We're recording in my living room, which we kind of plan to do for some time. So, like I said, I'm Bob Cook. This is going to be our show. Um, here with Ryan Babb and Jamie Huff. Hello. Hola. I am the executive chef at Edmonds Oast, um, downtown Charleston. And this is going to kind of be a show about like what's happening in Charleston, uh, people doing good stuff, and just sitting around shooting the shit, seeing what's going on. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Ryan, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, Ryan Babb. I work with Bob at Edmonds Oast, uh, managing the front of the house. Um, I don't have the accolades of these gentlemen here, but I am a full-time dreamer, and I am enjoying doing this podcast with you all. The first 30 seconds, anyway. <laughs> the first 30 seconds were good. Uh, my name is Jamie Huff. Uh, I am not a chef. I do not work at Edmonds Oast, but I eat there regularly with both of these fellows. Um, <clears throat> I am uh, I'm a professional fisherman, and I have a rescue and relief group that we, uh, we do a lot of work with uh, natural disasters, and... Uh, I like to cook a little bit too. I'm a home chef, so home cook. I don't like the word chef. I feel like I'm stealing that from people that actually do it. I don't like the word chef. So yeah, yeah, it's all good. There you go. Yeah, you're cooks, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm just Bob. I I just like to eat a lot. You're Bob. Facilitated cooking. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I have these guys because Ryan has potential to be one of the funniest people I've ever met. Sometimes he's just a shithead. And Jamie is (laughs) kind of Jamie's a home cook, um, aspiring to be. You know, uh, try to. Turn it into a career. Would you say that that's pretty pretty in line? Yeah, I have no idea what path that's going to be. Wouldn't yet, mind making a couple bucks, but you yeah, know, doing something. You enjoy. I like it. to watch people smile eating my food. And is a tremendous humanitarian. Thank you. I mean, but we'll get into that later, of course. Um, but yeah, so like, I think we're gonna. This should be a pretty cool, pretty pretty fun show. I think we're gonna get into some pretty pretty fun stuff down the road. So, I think we're just gonna start with. Uh, is it good enough for introductions for you guys? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll give you an email later to email back at. It's more They're than gonna learn a website or a <laughs> Instagram or something more than any than nothing. Um, cool. Do you guys want to start out with a, a couple of questions? You guys, that maybe yes. we created for some people. Bob, I have a question for you. Oh, that was very fast. Ryan. I'm not gonna hesitate. <laughs> right, we're, we're looking for some. All right, uh, content here. I want to know. Yeah, you got you got another hour. Well, you I'm going to hit it. I'm coming out of the gate strong. All right. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is up with yacht rock and you, dude? It's hot. Oh, okay. okay I'll tell you. I want to know. What? Uh, it's unhealthy. A great question. First great question of the show, y'all. So I have an affinity with yacht rock, and well, my music selection is pretty poor. For admittedly. The- for those that don't know what yacht rock is, can you please allow us elaborate a little bit on this genre of music? <laughs> All right. So what I consider yacht rock, and th- th- so this is. Wait, did you just say genre? Maybe tiring like, <laughs> like genre. I'm pretty sure you said genre. I uh, think I <laughs> might have slipped and said that, but I might. I, I think I said yacht rock. We'll have to play that back. <laughs> genre. Let's go with yacht rock. Bab is all of a sudden like Polish. Um, so yacht rock. I. So I love nostalgia. This is like the, the cheesy answer is how I love nostalgia. <clears throat> and like Yacht Rock was really popular when I was the age where like everything was easy. You know, like uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, riding your bike around, jumping the creek, shit like that. So like that was when 
Huey Lewis was big. You know, we were all like riding our bikes, listening to, you know, want a new drug or something like that. We didn't know what the shit meant. Um, so like, you know, a lot of times Yacht Rock is associated with like 80s cocaine people, lawyers, you, you know, know, the whatever. good old days. Definitely not me. Um, but that, it, it, it's a nostalgia thing. So like it's, awesome. it's nostalgic. It, it reminds me of like the times when, well, like back when times were easy. Right. I literally always thought he said, I want a new truck. <laughs> Until just now. Like, how old were you when you found out that right now is when I found out Huey Lewis was not saying I want a new truck? <laughs> how old do you think you were? <laughs> uh, I'm 42. 42 so. yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, that, that's a great question, Ryan. I, I just thought you were being ironic. Like, I, I, I'm up for the Yacht Rock. Wait, for why me. did, here's my question to you. Oh, no. Why did you think I liked Yacht Rock? Oh. <sighs> flipping it. I don't know. I, I didn't really care until it came into my life. Exactly. But yeah, like that's it. okay. Like, it's... Um, I, I, I like happy music, and most Yacht Rock is, like, happy. It is happy. It's happy. It's... it's um, I had this conversation at work the other day. No one, likes to, no one likes to admit that they like happy music. Everyone likes to hate on it, like Steve Winwood and shit. Everyone's like, fuck that shit. Who's Steve Winwood? You wouldn't like it. You wouldn't know it because it's happy, and you probably turned it. Well, I mean, right. everybody likes a good Miley Cyrus song every now and then, right? So answer the question, right? Um, I thought that it was because nobody would think that you would like Yacht Rock. Oh, you thought oh. I was doing it just to be <laughs> such an existential. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't. I wanted just that's why I asked. Okay, I, I think everybody should know. No, I think it's great. I mean, the, 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 my answer, my original answer, was the, the honest answer. But I, I like that. That's that the is perception. A, that, he's onto something though, because you do like to go against the grain. A Which is bit. an admirable a little characteristic. Bit. Not, I mean, I'm not a pushing against the man no, kind but, of guy, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like to. I like. I don't like to do th- something that's been done a bunch of times. All right. So on that on that answer right there, uh, can I? I'm, I got a question for you. Okay. Swipe or swoosh? This is a more complicated answer. <laughs> again, so what I would say to answer this question, actual. <clears throat> this is terrible for me to say as a chef. I don't really think the plating is one of the last things that I think about, if I even think about it at all. I really don't ever consider plating until I realize that I have to, because it does have to go on a plate. Um, so honestly, man, my just my style of plating is not really like swipe or swoosh thing. I do If I do have to do one or the other, I would say that I swipe more often. Um, my, swoosh, my swooshing is terrible. I actually know... A, couple, a guy in Charleston who is an amazing swoosher plater and was t- <laughs> almost wrote a coffee table book about the art of swo- of swooshing. Wow! We can't loud out somebody that's really good at swooshing. I mean, who is this person? Me proud well, of now you're louding me out because I can't think of his name right now. Well, we can edit that out. We can. <laughs> Maybe we should. His name this. is Wilds, but very good dude. Swoosh King. Swoosh, Swoosh King. King for sure. Yep. I got a question for you, Ryan. Yes. What is the deal? Ryan, Bab, in case you don't know. Nobody does. Very few do. <laughs> Loves Halloween more than any human I've ever met. Yes. I'm down with that. I like it. I do. Can you explain to me why? Mm. Because if you don't know Ryan Bab, he doesn't look like a Halloween kind of person. He looks like a maybe like Columbus Day kind of guy. Um, Columbus Day used to be my favorite. Um, <laughs> Halloween kind of took over for uh, a few reasons. Um, I, I don't, don't remember th- seeing any Halloween pocket squares. I'm, I'm having them made <laughs> now that you said that. Um, but uh, I no, I Christmas and thanks, Thanksgiving. First of all, I, I'm sorry. I 
don't like Thanksgiving at all. Not 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 as in that it's a bad thing, you know, right. getting with family. It's a little controversial. It's a meal. It's a meal, people. All and right. it's a meal that you're I'm sorry, like just can we just order a pizza? I'm I apologize. No you're Jamie's looking over if I'm about to stab you in the face with, a, yes. with a, a dull knife here. So no, I, I enjoy I, I've enjoyed Thanksgiving. I um but it, it's not it doesn't compare to how how there's no pressure on Halloween whatsoever. It's true. Weather's good. You nothing know, to do with sluts. Think nothing to do with Maybe sluts. Maybe not now, but you can't say it was never. I don't really. I, I don't like. You know. I don't like to 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 put my Halloween. You're classier love in, than that. I agree. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I might dress up. I might not. Last year I did. I was an astronaut with a monkey mask. It was great. People like thought I was a chimpanzee and from space. That's they awesome. really legitimately thought that. Um, I smoked a cigar. The sign language is why. But it was not a, like a nice monkey mask. It was very creepy. I, so I think I think Halloween should be scary, if it can be. It's not. It's usually just drunk. But I I I, I, I like the time of year. I like the um, uh, the parties that are involved with it. If you you go there, I like the movies. I'm a really big fan of horror movies. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, if you know yeah. that. I, I like that you say really, that about the parties though, because I think Halloween parties. It's one of the only times a year where you have parties where you meet people that you don't already know. You know, mm-hmm. you meet a lot of new people at Halloween parties. Whereas Christmas parties is usually like work or friends or family. But Halloween parties just like a random assortment of people because people get to be somebody that's not themselves for a night, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. some folks carry it on to the next day and, you know, they'll walk around like or an astronaut on the day after Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I have woken up in my Halloween costume many times. <laughs> um, I... I thoroughly, I, I just thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. I don't, it's a good holiday. Yeah. I'm I down with that. Good answers. But I still don't, I don't like the fact that you don't like Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a lot of farcities with well, Thanksgiving. one thing now. you will learn about Ryan Babb is he's one of the rantiest people I've ever met. He'll, there'll be moments where <laughs> we can get up and go to the bathroom and Ryan Babb will just sit and rant. I don't need y'all around here to say what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, uh, let's, let's, let's delve in a little bit to some of your, like, um, uh, I guess, portfolio um, so you own, uh, you're, you're a charter captain by trade. That's how you pay the bills. I am. Yes. Yep. Day, every day in Charleston. Well, yeah, mostly every day, except for today. Every day, except for he's taking the time out to start our podcast, which right. I am forever going to be grateful for. <laughs> um, you want to tell us about your, you own apparel company, which is to me, I own my own company as well. Um, tone an apparel company is an interesting, uh, business for me to, for me to wrap my mind around. Can you just tell us about your uh, apparel company and how that got started? Yeah, actually, uh, it was started. A buddy of mine and I were going deer hunting one day, and uh, I just started getting on Facebook. So this was like you know twenty three years ago, I think. Whatever, whenever Facebook started, and kind of that long, probably two thousand nine, I think two thousand ten, somewhere in there. At any rate, uh, I started getting all these haters messaging me because they thought because of my charter business holding up fishing pictures, you know, holding up fish that we were killing all these fish. They didn't cross their minds for some odd reason that we were taking a picture and the fish were going back in the water, hence the picture and not like a a picture of a plate of food with the fish. So we took it upon ourselves to, uh, to start a Facebook page where it kind of, the name let everybody know a, what you were going to see B, we didn't care what you thought about it. What was the name? Redfish mafia. Um, and kind of like, uh, your sauce company, um, my business model is fairly contradictory to a business model that somebody who would aspire to be a millionaire would have, I would say. Uh, my business model like my is to model. not be mainstream. 
And <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be mainstream. I want the people that wear the clothing to be people that have to seek out the clothing. So if they're wearing my shirt, I know that they wanted that shirt bad enough to go find it on the internet or to track me down and ask if I could send them one. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll never get rich doing it. But, uh, it, you know, my passion is I might, I might go into a fishing tournament banquet and see 15, 20 people with a Salt Life shirt on, and I'll see that one guy with a Redfish Mafia shirt on, and I'll know that dude's serious about it because he, you know, he had to go venture out and find it. He couldn't just go buy it at a Wings or a Surf Shop. That's super cool. That's, that's so, super awesome. That Was that your first business? No. Uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't even call it a, a success yet, but... Uh, I'm There's not. I'm not in the negative. Successful. I'm not in the negative, which I consider being in the positive a success. Absolutely. Um, but I had some other businesses that were not uh, as successful as that one. It's a. I mean, I hate to say the old cliche, but <clears throat> define. You know, it's all about how you define success. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I really didn't. I still need to grow up and figure out what I want to do with my life. But I think part of uh, having a, having a fun life and. Uh, living things to the fullest is not knowing 100 percent what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping grow- your options open all the time. Would growing up would that would part of growing up be you think transitioning in somehow into um, the culinary world? Uh, no, actually, the growing up part for me is the giving back, um, which is why we started Southeast Rescue and Relief. Mm. How long have you been doing that now? Uh, well, how long have I been doing Southeast Rescue and Relief? We started it. Uh, we got our 501c3 paperwork in June. We started about a year ago. And it's because during other natural disasters before that, we were working with other entities, and I didn't really like how they were either spending the money that was donated or not being forthcoming with the information about how they were spending the money. Um, and so that's why we, we decided to start a group. I decided to, start, decided to start a group with some other individuals that were like-minded um, that is 100% transparent. Uh, you know, if, if you give us money, we're going to tell you where it's going and we're going to show you pictures of when that money got the stuff to get to where it's going and what the outcome was. And you're talking about money. You're talking about some pretty big and very, very current situations. Absolutely. The Bahamas is in a, is in a, a huge battle right now trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. Um, you know, I, I've been dealing with some stuff uh, with people from the U.S. that have uh, they've been through Hugo or they've been through Hurricane Michael last year. And gr- granted, those are tremendous natural disasters. It's a whole different level when you have a natural disaster in a third world country where infrastructure was also or was already an issue. Um, and then you, you think about, you fast forward to the part where we have things that we need to get over there to help them. The logistics, when you can't just drive a truck right. to Panama City, you know, you can, you can make things happen in the U.S. or, you know, where you can get things to people. But the logistics of getting stuff where they need to be in the Bahamas, especially dealing with the Bahamian government and what they have going on. Um, and it's not really their fault, but it's the way they classify. There's over 700 islands, and you know their main source of income is tourism. And so there's literally like three places in the Bahamas that are affected by tourism, and that's 99% of their economy. So if an island like you know Elbow or Hopetown, which is where I'm focused right now, if they only produce 1% of that GDP tourism-based economy, they're only supposed to get 1% of the aid. Um, and so it'll be the last 1% because it's one of the out islands. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the logistics of helping people out in a place like the Bahamas on a bunch of different islands is completely a whole nother spectrum to deal with besides, uh, other than what we'd have to do if we were here in the U S so yeah, sure. I was recently in Asheville and <clears throat> was lucky enough to meet and have a cigar with Jose Andreas. Mm-hmm. And Jamie said that, uh, he said, I, when I talked to him later, he said, tell him, thank you. Um, we had a, a pallet or was it a container? 
Well, two things that happened because of uh, Jose, and you know, um, I'm I'm not a real starstruck person to start with, but people's humanitarian efforts in the past couple of years have started to resonate with me more so than any other thing. Like, um, <clears throat> so I, when I was in the Bahamas, there was a, a guy who lost his whole house. He was actually sleeping in his golf cart with his uh, Saint Bernard, and uh, his name was Buddy. And uh, I told Buddy, I said, come stay at the house with me in the AC. And he said, man, you just don't know how good this feels, blah, blah, blah. And he was trying to get a ride out to Nassau to to get with his wife to go back to the U.S. because they just lost everything. I mean, all his savings was put into this house that he built in Hopetown. And um, turns out he had a heart condition. So uh, next day, uh, Josh Phelps, who has actually fished with me here in Charleston before, I had no idea that he was even involved with Jose and um, World Central Kitchens. Uh he showed up to drop off some hot meals for um, one of the cookhouses that we have going, and uh, lo and behold, was able to take Buddy out of there, and we started chatting and stuff, and I told him that, you know, there's no kids left on the island, and one of the first things people donate to send over to these places is diapers, baby food, because initially, that's what you think, and I used to think the same thing, clothes, sure, you know, it's literally the last thing you need, because the first people to leave these are islands the are going to be the kids and the women, you know, so <clears throat> we didn't need all that stuff, and, and one of the barges that I had coming over had two pallets of baby food and two pallets of diapers, and uh, so over the next three or four days, um, Jose sent Jeff back over there with the helicopter, and they picked all that stuff up and, and took it to a children's hostel uh, in Nassau. So they're not only are they cooking for folks, but they're facilitating a lot of different aspects of the recovery process. And you said that he was the only one that could sign off to get that barge from one island to another because it was non-food related, right? No, it, it, not the barge. Uh, the, he's He's the one that was able to say, you know, this helicopter can go here and and once your tail numbers are approved helicopter or plane you've only got a certain amount of hours so it's imperative that they use those hours wisely and for him to take time out of the amount of hours that they have you got to be grounded before sunset over there right now and so for him to take time out of those hours to send uh send the the chopper over to grab that stuff is pretty amazing awesome and my friend hamilton is down there right now cooking for you which i think is super super cool that he volunteered he's doing an awesome job good Shout out to Hamilton for doing for for, for doing some cool oh, shit. Oh yeah, he's killing it. The first day That's he was awesome. there, he found uh, he found some venison in the some venison loins in the freezer. Oh, he knew what and to do. He, well, he knew that he knew they came from here too because <laughs> they're <laughs> nice. from Cordray's. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Very awesome. Cool. Cool. So thanks for thanks for doing that, Hamilton, oh, and thanks for having him down there, Jamie, and thanks for doing everything that yeah, you do. Yeah, he's killing. It. He's going to stay an extra week. That's awesome. That's super super cool. I, I don't know anyone that could be that flexible. I, I well, he may lose his job. Day. I don't know that he won't, but you know, he, he he's he might move there. Who knows? Well, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Good question. Well, I'll, I'll say, Jamie, so I, 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 this is the first time if for people listening to this podcast that Jamie and I have ever actually sat down and talked. Um, obviously, I've known Bob for quite a while, but uh, Jamie, I, I, you know, you're an accomplished fisherman. I know that. Um, amateur chef. You were on Master Chef not too long ago. I'm sure that was, um, uh, that has, there's a lot to talk about with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot I shouldn't talk about. But I, I don't mind. Uh, yeah, no. I, <laughs> I think it'd be all right. However, um, I when I pulled up uh, to Bob's house today, I almost uh, felt like I could have parallel parked underneath your truck. <laughs> that is quite an outfit you have on that. <laughs> How many sponsors? Are you hunting around? Bigfoot? <laughs> uh, no, I've given I've given up on Bigfoot. Yeah. I actually have a Sasquatch. Sas- uh, we call it the goat coat. Oh, at home. Oh, yeah. So I tell people that I found him. 
If you're going to find big, uh, for for those like, could please tell me some of the things that you have outfitted on on that truck? I I was trying to wrap my mind around it. Obviously, it's very well logoed with a lot of your your um, your business endeavors and that sort. But like, what are some of the extra accoutrements that you have on that truck? I'm, I'm curious. Well, I'm lucky enough to uh, to be in tight with a Ford dealership up in Lawrence, South Carolina, and it's Furman Ford, and they uh, they set me up uh, every three years. Um, with a truck, obviously I have to buy the truck, but it's at a discounted rate. And then uh, North Augusta Customs is right down the road in North Augusta, obviously. And, uh, and you take they your go truck ahead. There and it stays there for like three weeks while they put all that. <laughs> yeah, shit it'll, it'll go there for a few <laughs> it's days. Intense. And so right now it's got I think a six inch lift on it. Um, it's got a thing in the back called a decked truck box system, which is amazing. It uh, you can put 250 pounds in each drawer. And the drawers extend out five and a half feet when you open the tailgate. So and then you the, can put two, the, or the drawer, like, are you talking about, like, what is... In the truck bed. In the truck bed. There's, yeah, there are drawers that pull out yeah, so, to hide the, 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 the... You put fish in it or... No, 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 no. So one side's got, like, floor jacks and impact wrenches for yeah. flat tires and stuff. Like, I literally just drove back day before yesterday from Louisiana with a boat behind me for 13 hours from fishing the Redfish World Series. And so if you get a flat tire on the road, you got to be able to change that. You know, most of the time we drive at night. That tournament's over 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so you drive all night to get home. So you got to be able to change the tire. Jokingly, I say I can change one in about two and a half minutes. So if there's any pit crews out there in Concord or Charlotte looking, I might be your tire guy. Uh, <laughs> two and a half minutes. What if, yeah. if Maybe it's my hour and a half sitting for AAA a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, so I knew, this one guy, I, I, like, I, so I, I drive like Honda Civics. Volvos, yeah. things like that. Like, things things that, like me. You could definitely yeah. park under my truck. I, 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 I accidentally did. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, so like truck guys or truck guys. Bob, you're a truck guy. No, nah, I'm, a, I'm like the very, I'm, 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 I'm he's on the um, other end of the spectrum. Okay. I have to have a truck, but it, like, it's every time truck. I drive your truck, Bob, to go pick stuff up, we get, I get so many compliments on your truck. It's nice insane truck. because no one ever says anything. I'm about sorry about that in real life. It's like uh, seeing a hot chick drive a truck. That's all. Oh, I'm like a hot chick driving <laughs> a truck. Because you get out with a pocket square on, man. They're like, I do what have the a, fuck? When I jump out, of, when I when I when I step down off the ladder uh, in a oh, blazer, please. I think it does kind of shock They're people. Like, Sweet socks, and bro. And then put some, yeah, never never matching, but not by design, right? Um, however, like so, you know, being a truck guy, like, are you just like at all times just like waiting to like pull somebody out of a ditch? No. I actually stop. Jamie, I'm sure is. No, not necessarily, but I stop on the side of the road all the time. I know how unprepared people... I'm probably the most prepared guy you'll ever meet. If you're not like, prepared, I'm prepared with that thing... I'm prepared for a lot of situations. It's amazing. I mean, I'm, I mean, I have a smoker in the back of the truck right now. There's two coolers. There's actually a Honda 2000 generator that runs the smoker. So, uh, and there's a bucket full of Traeger pellets for the smoker. So, so you're saying that if like shit were to go down right here, right now, not only would we survive, but it'd be like what we you would survive normal, in style. You'd, it'd be kind of yeah. good. Like my but, parents went to their prepping stage as well, which was just this is a little different. Oh, though. No, you're. But I'm not calling you it's that. Quite different. I'm saying like they yeah. like. I'm like, oh great, mom, dad, you have three years worth of oats and bullets. Yeah. Like I'd rather eat the bullets, you know. Like I mean, it's like, what are we gonna do with all this for the three years? Yeah. I have to live with my parents and eat oats. Like I'm sorry, I just rather just go out in the. Explosion. Well, where, where we fish a lot of times, we're in the boondocks of Louisiana, Texas. You know, there's not really any boondocks left in Florida, but I, I don't like fast food. I prefer not to eat it. Uh, you know, every now and then I'll I'll mow down on a Chick Fil A, but that's just a vice of mine. I love Chick Fil A. Uh, I'm not gonna venture to the Popeye dark side, so don't even ask. Um, 
So I like to I thing. like to throw things on it. Like I can stop in Jacksonville and put a Boston butt on that smoker at midnight. Let's say I fished all day and I'm driving in there. I'll stop, put it on the smoker, take a two hour nap. I wake up the next morning and I can put a cast iron in that smoker with biscuit bottoms. Boston butt, barbecue sauce, provolone cheese, and jalapenos, and put the tops back on. And in 30 minutes, I've got you know Boston butt biscuits to eat at the boat ramp. And I'll feed my team. I got a team of six guys for Redfish Mafia. And I mean, we're 45 minutes from any kind of fast food or anything to eat. So why not have that for breakfast? You know, I pulled into the valets at the casinos in, in Biloxi many times and fed them ribs at three in the morning. <laughs> that's sick. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Let's continue on the food thing. I, I, I like the introduction so far. Uh, so one of my, I do like fast food. I, I, I don't eat a lot of it, but I love it. Like I love the, the branding and the idea and the marketing. And I, I love everything about the business model of fast food. Um, I will say I'm a, being a Yankee, uh, Chick-fil-A is not my first choice. It's quite far down there. I also, this is quite controversial, um, am like a biscuit sandwich hater. So fight me. I actually yeah. don't eat biscuits unless I'm making them. That's I mean, I I'm like that too. Guys. Well, I'm I not just, like that. I like the flaky layer biscuits that you buy in a can way more so than I do like a Hardy's biscuit. I would rather have a McMuffin than a Hardy's biscuit, but that's just me. Well, it's it, when I say when I when I entertain the thought of of the ideal breakfast sandwich being on an English muffin in Charleston, South Carolina, I'm like laughed at stoned. Around. Yeah. It's it's in the thought of that is just crazy to people. Oh, uh, biscuits yeah. like biscuit is way down there for me. I people. Just what's your ideal it. breakfast sandwich? Uh, uh, what 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 sort of bread is your ideal breakfast sandwich on? It's not an English muffin. Mine's a croissant all day. Croissant. I don't mind an English muffin if I have to eat an English muffin. That but I'm not question. ordering an English muffin like out and about. Hmm. Like, like I mean, I think that well, no, I understand. Like being a chef, not from the south. In the no, south, this doesn't have anything to do with being a chef. It's just my preference. Just well, okay. Well, biscuits. I mean, they're just southern. You know, a biscuit. Do you so think you a biscuit, biscuit is one of those things that people claim is southern? It's not really southern. No, it's. You don't think so? It's you southern. mean like pizza being Italian? How are biscuits not southern? Is my question to you, Bob? I, I, I don't know that they, I'm, they have to be. I southern. grew up eating them. I, I grew up in northern Michigan. I grew yeah. up in Michigan, so I mean, like, is, it a, is, 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 is the southern biscuit thing a myth? No. And by the way, nobody's going to pull at. their phone out and Google anything. We're we're going to. I'm well think... versed on the biscuit history. What, what 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 about the biscuit history? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to go for a straight southern bread and what is 100 so you got to go with a hoe cake. A biscuit's not the what, most southern cornmeal? bread out there. No, it's literally cakes, It's yeah. cornmeal, Corn. onions, and water, and they actually would cook them on the hoe mm-hmm, in the right. sun in the fields. So a hoe cake is the most southern bread you can ever come up with. So the biscuit bi- has to take back seat to that. But the biscuit, okay, so it came after that, you think? Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Little, little ways? I mean, corn was definitely the cash crop mm. before wheat was. Mm, I guess so. Right? I mean, how are you going to make flour without the wheat? I like my biscuits. I do so, like a biscuit, though. <clears throat> I mean, but yeah. I like a flaky layer. I like the idea of like a phyllo type biscuit, so flaky layer biscuits, a biscuit I go with. Like what we call those angel, growing up we called those angel biscuits, like, mm-hmm. a, like a yeasted, like flaky, flaky thing. I like those. That was my that's a good, that's big a good fat nickname, buttermilk biscuit, biscuit. is just too doughy in your mouth for me. Yeah. It's just too, it's too dry. I like them when they get when they're like that, like like that mouth. Your mouth sticks together consistency like biscuit, paste. but I don't like it when they're too um, dry. Of course, yeah. and most of the time they're too dry. That doesn't even include putting them on a sandwich. Right. So like that's a whole different story. 
I'll tell I think you Bojangles this. does the biscuit sandwich right. They do a pretty good one. I, mean, I will tell you this. The best egg muffin in the world, yeah. though, is an egg muffin with grape jelly on it. Fact. I can't not do it because if I'm just going to have an English muffin, I have an English muffin with grape jelly, right? So why not put that on your egg muffin? People look at me funny when I ask them for grape jelly. I'm like, just give it to me, lady. Yeah. I just want the grape jelly. Bev and I have gone round and round about the sweet savory thing. I'm not How, a sweet savory guy. However, yeah, we, we, we've talked about that to some length. You know, back to the, the biscuit. The biscuit is not my preferred breakfast sandwich. Though. Yeah, you still haven't answered the question. It's a bagel. Bagel? Yeah. Straight up bagel. Two of them? Like, like top and bottom? Top and bottom. Everything bagel? Onion bagel? Epic everything bagels. Yeah. Everything. That, every, everything on my bagel, and then just whatever you put on, it's have probably going to be you, good. So it doesn't matter what's in between it. You're going to get it. Well, I mean, bagel. it matters a little bit. I mean, I, I mean, at, at what point is it just a monster? You know, like you have to have like things that make sense. I mean, I, I mean I'm saying, like, but I'm saying, but I have been in a bind quite a few times where I have had no bread and I have just made a sandwich on a bagel and it's just as good as, and maybe even a little bit better. Oh, there's a lot to be said for a hot ham and cheese on a bagel. Hot ham and cheese on a bagel? Done. Can't beat it. Yeah. English muffin. Bagel. Yeah. English muffin all day. There you go. English muffin for Bob. Bagel. So I guess if we were staying and in La Quinta still- tomorrow, we would all be sitting at three different parts of the continental breakfast cafeteria. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would not be <laughs> sitting with the two of you. No. No? no. You'd We're be friends. standing there eyeballing the waffle makers, no. which you'd be doing. I'd be- I wouldn't be up in time to go to the, the breakfast. I always oh, miss on. those. I never wake up. You're going so park. hard the night before. No, it's just because I'm not a big. <laughs> I love me breakfast. breakfast. I'm not a big organized breakfast guy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so all right. My question is um, to get away from food for a second and let's get Bab a little ranty. Um, Bab, I believe we've maybe touched this one before, but uh, maybe we haven't. Most expendable superhero. Oh. This is your opinion. Bob, why are you, why are you asking me You're this question? Because I want to know. Right Who's the most worthless superhero to you? Who can just GTFO? It's controversial. Of course it is. We're not going to get a lot of love from this one. Bab, give me a fucking break. Of course we're not. Captain America. Whoa, that's not what I expected. He can get the fuck out of here and, like, and nothing would change? Not Wolverine. Captain America, what is he? He shows what leadership. Yeah. Okay. He's like almost as strong as some of the other ones. He's mm-hmm. just a GI Joe in a different uniform. Yeah. He's he, he he like the history of Captain America though is not as it, what you think. I mean, isn't the guy? This is I'm talking like all, the history it, that you know, right? Not like the history that America thinks in the movies. I'm talking like actual comic book history. Well, see, the the interesting thing about Captain America is he changes with the political climate. <laughs> He does. So <laughs> he was, I'm telling you, so he came out in the 1940s. Um, uh, he was created by Jack Kirby as a answer to like, and they wanted to be like, we need to fight some Nazis, you know, because all comics were starting to get bought with bonds and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, they're, they were entering the bond war. Batman was like selling bonds. You're like, really versed on this. I do. I oh, know yeah. a little bit about this. Um, you know, so it, they, the superheroes like went really hard in the paint on patriotism. And like Captain America, I mean, it's just kind of like. Can you give us another? We example? need a superhero uh, to fight Nazis. Um, how about uh, 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 Captain America? No, that's not good enough. We need to think of something else. Captain America was born, you know. Like so, yeah. He, you know, he, he, he was, he's real kind of. 
he's but as far as his like he's asexual for one. I mean, Kevin Durant. Yeah, you, you think something's wrong with that? Aren't they all? Though? It's just something bizarre about him. Um, what about his skills, though? You think, as far as his skills go, that he that's... was portrayed very well in the movies, but in the comic books, he was just a throwaway character, kind of. He was nowhere near as popular in the comic books. I don't know. I, I don't. You don't know where that whole it all came from. Yeah, I don't understand I don't how Wolverine got so popular. I think Wolverine. Can... Wolverine came out and he because he was kind of edgy. You know, I also bit. don't know shit about this subject. Yeah. I mean, yeah. other than like the movies, I just think that the problem with Wolverine is that the, the comics code authority did not allow like, you know, he's like, he has knives essentially. So what are you going to have like kids read and think that he's, what is he going to do? Stab people? You know, oh, like right, you can't right. really, you can't really portray you think that. that molded him into like yeah, a bar like fight they, hero. They came out with a cartoon. He had to fight robots. You know, you can't stab a person. You got to stab a robot. What know? year was this? It's the nineties. I was a kid. You were a kid. You never watched the X Men cartoon? No. no? no. Uh, Jamie, how, how old are you? Yeah, don't even look at me. I'm sitting back on the couch. Like this, this is a different language. I don't think I've ever read a comic. Jamie book. just got himself a drink. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've never been into comics. I've always like liked them, but I never got into them. So I think it's really funny when people are like very, very into them, and it's kind of becoming more prevalent now with you know like the um, the mm-hmm. different franchises and what. I I honestly do, can barely tell the difference between DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. I like tell you the truth. If there's a man on the End of the name is probably DC, Batman, Superman, Aquaman, really, you know, kind of lame stuff. Gotcha. Wonder okay. Woman. How do you feel oh, about the Batcave? Get it out of here? It's ridiculous. Okay. In a good way? It's the most ridiculous part of <laughs> no, Batman, it's right? just like, how, how absurd is, like, I'm going to call myself Batman. All right, we'll give you that. I'm going to get changed in the Batcave. And I'm going to drive the Batmobile. And I just renamed New York City Gotham. Right, yeah. New York City is Gotham. Metropolis is L.A. I mean, it's obvious, right? Right. But, but to some. To, to, to <laughs> just, yeah. Nerd. Not to yeah. me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I didn't yeah. even know that Metropolis was L.A. I thought it was just a city right outside of New York. <laughs> the Batcave. The other, the other comic city? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... You know, the, the Batcave's stupid to answer your question. All right. I mean, cool. It's simple. <laughs> so Bruce Wayne, multi-billionaire, turns into a bat, has all these toys, he all this shit, turn decides into to keep all that shit, or sorry, turns into Batman. He's a man with a belt. <clears throat> decides to keep all this amazing shit in a moldy-ass cave, in a wet, moldy cave. And that's where his office is, too. This could almost be like the who's your favorite 007? Who's your favorite Batman? Oh. I don't know um, if you even have one, do you? Oh, I would have to go with Michael Keaton, man. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Clearly, he he just because it made no sense. Oh, clearly, it made no sense, and then it worked. Uh, I thought it worked fantastic. Yeah, like the whole like jawline. It just something worked about it. Jack Nicholson, best Joker, too. Every time I see Michael Keaton, though, I just want to hear him say, "She touched my peppy, Steve." <laughs> Dude, that, <laughs> that's that? my favorite Michael Keaton movie that's of all time. I quote no, that movie all the time. No multiplicity or what? Multiplicity. What is yeah. Oh, I just took she a look. Touched my peppy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen. I haven't seen that in forever. All right, who's got another question? Uh, this is a two-part question. Uh, the first part, I guess, can be for both you guys, since y'all work in the same house, so to speak. Now, um, would you ever consider opening a small plate tapas restaurant? <laughs> Um, where I was chef. I mean, that's up to Bob. You guys are going to be working there together, right? Well, if I... All right, so from the front of the house perspective, I think it could be cool to open... Um, wait, are we being served tapas? Oh, it's a type of tapas. We're being served a type of tapas right now. What kind of tapas is this, Bob? You don't this wanna, is would you like to say marijuana it? tapas. This is marijuana. This is about to get stranger. Um, no, but so 
Tapas sounds delicious, by the way. Um, tapas, I, I think it'd be cool to like open up a small place. Like tapas, are you saying like just, 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 just small plates of any type of variety? Yeah, I mainly ask this question because I know Bob's hate, Bob hates small plates. Oh, uh, eh, I don't hate anything. How no, cool you just, would it you be? You don't like small plates. How cool would it be to actually open up like a legitimate like cigar? Style, cigar bar with not like over the top cigar, like an approachable cigar bar with like decent bites, though. Yeah, that's a good question. See, that's a twist. I like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, like, I would never say that I that I like do tapas, you know, what I mean, I would never say that. I would really probably never say that I do small plates. I mean, like, I think there's a, a time, there's a time and a place for all, all that stuff, you know what I mean? But I would never go like. In a business plan, like Meritage, remember Meritage? I do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to love that place. As a college kid, that was a great place. It was no, it was great. They used to do industry nights on Sundays, Mm -hmm. and it was like fantastic. I mean, we always used to order the same thing because there was like a hundred things on the menu. Yeah. So one time I didn't want to read it. Yeah, there was like a (laughs) server waiting working there that I was like trying to hit on or something. So I was like, "Why don't you tell me what to get?" And she, she, like, what came to our table was the most like ungodly shit I've ever had in my life. What was it? What was it? it? Okay, I remember one of them that she recommended super hard was like these goat cheese balls. Goat cheese number one, which I'm very particular with how like how I do goat cheese. I I, I I'm not a very huge goat cheese guy. Are there these goat cheese balls? So whatever, they're like Paste. six bucks. You know, they come to and it's just a ball of goat cheese covered in panko, fried, delicious. Right? That's it, and it's like tomato sauce that I'm sure is nothing more than a can of tomatoes pureed. Not even plate. any jelly, mint jelly. Come on. No jalapeno jelly. I mean, it would have taken so much more than that to to make this better. It was it was it was just like what the fuck. And then the, <laughs> like the three other things that she recommended were also the quality. Was, so it was, was like, where is this woman? Yeah, it was like if I bring I him this, he'll never down. ask me again to be the one that you know, selects their tapas. No, it's uh, it's funny you say that because uh, I love I love goat cheese, but I have had goat cheese in many different places, many different ways that was not satisfactory. Um, Michelle Weaver does this, um, what she call it? Carnitas dish that I, I, I forget. It's just, it's like braised pork and some kind of like little chip thing. And then on the bottom of it has goat cheese. And when I had that, that that's the only reason. So that we had that dish probably like seven or eight years ago at Charleston grill. And that was the thing that changed my mind. Like I was like, all right, I was, I was getting ready to write goat cheese off, right. but I had this and it like kind of sustained me for the last decade but i think i'm maybe like uh we use it at at work a little bit i mean it's kind of a staple in regular indian food isn't it um, for those of y'all that don't know bob does a uh he's really good at putting a twist on indian slash american dishes uh or, or i guess using one little thing that's more american in an indian dish I, I don't know how to describe it other than it's the best non-indian indian food i've ever had how about that yeah does bob. that make sense what what what's up with your weird menu? I love it. I, I love mean, your menu. You know? I, I like it too. It, but it but it definitely what I, like and what the butter I, lamb instead of buttered chicken, for instance. That's mm-hmm. a great twist. That I don't I'm, I don't know why other people haven't done that over the years. Yeah, it's well. A, so it, it it does really go back to nostalgia for me, and, and I say this all the time, and I don't know how many people actually take me serious, but this is this is dead dead serious. So. Growing up, I didn't have access to a lot of like um, this is pre internet. You know, I'm like I'm like that age where. I, the internet kicked in when I was like 16 or 17, you know, like that age. Like I, most of my very young life. Sounds like it was right at the right age. Wasn't. Yeah, it, it actually <laughs> kind of was, but you know, so I grew up, um, 
like country, not country buffets, but like kind of like diner buffets. Like I really love Asian, uh, Chinese buffets, um, Chinese, like crappy Chinese food. You know, there wasn't a lot of like really good food where I was. Or it, it wasn't a thing in our family. No, one's, no one's where a chef. You? This is in Northern. So I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. And then when the whole like economy really, really took a dump, which is like something that people can't, that grew up here don't really no. understand how bad the economy like, a little mini recession up there yeah, I mean it, it was no it wasn't like mini recession boarded it was, up town yeah, yeah and, like, I've, and I've noticed not to take you off the subject but you, okay. when you've seen people like uh, like on King Street like building up like all the things in Charleston are being built like you stood out and you talked about how you stand out and like watch yeah it's like a I, li- I like a like a dog out a window when I, in, a, in a moving car my girlfriend Chris always makes fun of me that like all things stop when there's new construction and I'm just like in awe because growing up in Michigan, mm-hmm. and especially in Flint, Michigan, there was no new construction. Right. So, like, seeing people invest money in the area that I live in, to me, is like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. Like, that people want to move here. The, to, that I live in a town that people want to move to still blows my mind. And I've lived here for 12 years. Right. Where I'm from, new construction is so few and far between. If you get some, it's like a fail you know, it's it's bad. Like, and it's, it's usually a company really, from out of town. Oh, construction yeah. company also from out of town. Absolutely, and you, there's just no new construction. Everyone just buckles down. You get, you know, a lot of people get their job, get a job in high school, and retire from that job. Right. You know, very little talk of going to college. Now there is maybe when I was younger there wasn't. There's there's people that make it out of here. I'm not saying everyone's an idiot. You know what I mean? But so yeah, this like the new construction thing. It really blows my mind. So anyways, I didn't grow up eating a lot of, like a lot of nice what a lot of people would consider nice food as a child you know we no duck fat no duck fat i mean my <laughs> my parents cooked the same you know could cook six things really well a piece yeah. i actually menued one of them that i've been wanting to menu for uh, the dinner we did with Stephen green oh uh, yeah i've been wanting to put egg foo young on the menu for a oh, long nice. time and my mom used to make one of my mom's dishes was uh, egg foo young it was just that a, was your mom ethnic no 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 she's very much like french canadian really yeah, How did well, she Native pick up American, French, young? Canadian, because it's cheap. Really, I don't um, even know what that is. So it's it's like so can of what are they called? Lechoy, Lechoy vegetables drained. Mm. Mix it up with some some scrambled eggs. Fry that in like a oh, in a patty, in an omelet, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a pan. And then she would just thicken soy sauce with cornstarch. And to me, that like blew my mind. Nice. When I was a kid, I was like, "Holy shit, that That's was cool. fucking cool!" Yeah, you know. And then that was it. You just pour that on top of the egg of the. You know, hopefully people are writing this down right now, like cornstarch, eggs, Latoya The right veggies. demographic is listening if people yeah. are writing that down. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can we rewind this? Yeah. So anyways, we had, I had an opportunity to menu it doing a dinner with my friend Steven, who is like a, basically a Michelin star chef, but the Michelin just isn't in Cary, North Carolina. Um, yeah, we, that's, a, that's a topic we need to touch on, like which was, other cities that need to have that. Which was very cool. Uh, that I got a chance to do that and put egg foo young on the menu. Um, so, anyways, I like to cook with nostalgia. Yeah, I think um, I think I think nostalgia plays a huge part in number one, my music selection being uh, what do we call it? Yacht rock. And just, the way I cook just food. Huey Lewis and the Yacht rock. And the way I cook food is very nostalgic. I feel like it makes a very strong connection with the with the person eating that food when they can then go, "What is this flavor that I can't even taste?" It's it's nostalgia. It's something you right. grew up with. It's a flavor. Like uh, I'm trying to think of ingredients I use for an example. Super reduced chicken stock mm-hmm. to me is something that I put in a lot of things because it has that like nostalgic homey flavor. So, um, to answer your question about the <laughs> Indian food, so I've answered like three questions now. No, but I get mm-hmm. it though. You, so you've it's not necessarily about a type of cuisine, it's about a flavor. So, I'm yeah. very into flavors. 
So I grew up eating Indian buffet or, you know, eating Indian buffets. I still grew up. I still do it to this day. And butter chicken is one of the things that I always go for. A lot of times it can be kind of screwy and not that good and kind of gloopy, but you know what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. You know what the dish is supposed to be at a buffet like that. Well, kind of. Um, to touch on the butter chicken, the reason I asked the question is because uh, I was in Orlando last year for a thing that we do every year called ICAST. It's the biggest fishing convention in the world, basically. And As a non-fisherman, that's the one thing that, that I, you've I know heard is of. huge because yeah. that's when like all the new reels are you know i'm well it's, it's when we go and sign our contracts for the next year mm-hmm. or we get you know we discuss monetary offers from companies so it's a big it's a big week for us and uh my, my buddy Vic Anandan, who's been all over the world um i'm in the subway and he runs next door to an indian restaurant and i've always been that guy that's been afraid of ethnic food that i didn't know about that particular restaurant like it's just you know it's like the danger zone you know, you, you just don't, you don't want to have the green apple quick step the next morning when you're going to have business meetings and you might have that if you eat the wrong buttered chicken is all I'm saying. And so he brought buttered chicken over to the subway and I had some of them and I was like, man, that's not, not only is it not indicative of the name, the name is not appropriate for that dish, but it just didn't taste very good. Then I saw how yours came out when I was at your restaurant for the first time and it didn't even look the same and it was lamb instead of chicken. So I was like, you know, let's, let's try that. And now, you know, you were kind enough to give me the recipe. And because I don't have anything that weighs in grams at my house, I'm like eyeballing it and trying to figure out. And you told me it was the wrong color, but it still came out taste wise. It was pretty similar. And I did it on a brisket. And I'm like, this is a sauce that you can put on any kind of good meat. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be on some dry ass chicken from a place in a strip mall next to the subway. You know, it's just a cool sauce that for some reason is so such a huge part of this English culture. Um, or not English culture, the Indian culture that we, I guess maybe like we feel like we can't touch it. That's right. the kind of stuff that well, I kind of do. people are scared of that many ingredients. Maybe, I guess. Um, I kind of do that for my, like my cooking. I'll, I'll pull like, oh, I'm, I'm going to grab this green curry and put it into something like chicken and rice like we do here. You know, I, it's just about the flavor and then right. taking a flavor from something that's unfamiliar and then mixing it up and then giving it to someone in a, fl- in a, in a form that they are familiar with or, right. you know, a flavor that they think they're familiar with, like chicken and rice or something like that, you know, like, so the salt chicken at our restaurant is kind of like along with the butter lamb, one of our very, very popular dishes. It's kind of the same thing that sort of removed that ch- uh, green curry from the, chi- you know, Vietnamese or Thai culture and put it with chicken and rice, which is, there's a chicken and rice, every culture. And so it's, it's a nostalgia thing to me. And then you use that reduced chicken stock kind of tastes like the chicken and rice that you grew up, you know, like you can taste a little bit of like that something right. you grew up with, but like the this isn't how my grandma used to make. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's kind of fun. That's, that's my, that's what I like. That's my thought process as to thinking out a new dish, but it's yeah. mostly about flavors, like a cool flavor. Yeah. So uh, I would like to add uh, on, on that, like, is there an importance in originality in being a chef these days. It, it, like, I mean, there's, everything's so saturated. I mean, everybody can look up these advanced recipes and cook them at home. They, the, 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 the guest is extremely educated. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of originality and, and, and the importance of the classics, like, and how do you balance, and this maybe is a question for, for both of y'all as well, um, how do you balance being original and being good? Hmm. Well, uh, 
I don't think not to say that one begets the other. It's just that sometimes it, there's. I think I've I've seen a lot of chefs that they'll go way. I don't into think I know like, where your head is on that question. Sorry. Well, I know what he's. I know what he's asking. They'll, they'll go way into the idea of like going. I have to do something that hasn't been done. I have to do something that hasn't been uh-huh. done, and I have to be. You know, I have to carve Original. out my niche yeah. and that sort of thing. And it, in some, you know, there's ex- a lot of experimental like cooking and that mm-hmm. sort of thing because everybody's trying to do something a little bit different. Sure. Um, and sometimes it works very well. Mm-hmm. Um, is is there as a sh- Bob as somebody that does a lot of original things very well? Um, are there certain types of are, are you bringing elements of classic cooking into that originality that maybe people are just not as accustomed to knowing about? I think that's what I'm doing. Okay, um, in particular, like I just use things that I happen to. <clears throat> oh, this is. China's version of what we do here. Which, if you go over there, so, it's like it's like a, almost like a basic, like classic style. It wouldn't like everybody be like, oh yeah, and that's like my everyone mom does thinks that, bulgogi my... is like a like a this big thing. It's just like how you cook over there. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, it's not as sacred. I guess mm-hmm. it's maybe sacred to that culture. But you know, in Korea, they're not like weeping over the bulgogi. It's like making a, a, a chicken. You're like, here, just eat <laughs> yeah. this, shut up. You know? Weeping. Exactly. So it's, you know, there are things like that. Like that's what I considered, you know, biryani. I wouldn't touch biryani for so long because I, I felt, thought it was so sacred. What is biryani? I don't know, but Suba cooked it next to me. I bet it was amazing, right? Yeah, but it was like the fourth time that they were like, hey, you know, it looks like cat shit again, but it tastes amazing. Yeah, that's my food. So, like, that's what, my. MO. What is biryani though? So, biryani is a classic Indian rice dish, which is basically it can be just rice or vegetable rice, or sometimes you put meat in it. But it's tons of spices, and it's cooked sealed. So, a lot of times, like, it originally it was in clay, and now people will put like pasta or like a dough over the top, so you don't smell it so much while you cook it and the the whole deal with it yeah. is when you present it and you crack the clay or you crack the dough and raise the lid all that smell of the hard christmas spices like i call them christmas spices but like hard spices like cloves and cardamom, cardamom yeah. and, and you know anise and turmeric just like explode and it's a it's almost a almost ceremonious thing every time you make it so i didn't i never wanted to touch it but I think I'm starting to, that's going to be one of my, I might, I might start messing around. I actually called it doing an event here like uh, next week, I think, or no, next month. I, I said biryani, beef tongue biryani. Beef tongue. Oh, lingua. Beef, beef tongue. Yeah, yeah, nice. I think it's going to be good. I like Absolutely. that. Yeah. I am, I love segments in podcasts. Um, I don't know if you guys do. So I think we're just going to make like a quick, uh, do they call it impromptu in the podcasting world? What's that called? There's going to be a name. I think we're going to just ask a lot of questions and get a lot of quick answers. Rapid and like fire. Whatever works. Work. Yeah, definitely. I think Ryan is actually more prepared, but mentally he is always more prepared than myself for this sort of battle right now. Thank so you. Thank you, let's, Bob. I, let's, get, let's do this. Jamie, you ready? Uh, Jamie, yeah. I got one for you real Far quick. Away. Okay, so being a master fisherman, um, and uh, what is your most irrational fear regarding your job? Um, the thing that puckers me up the most every day, no matter how new your boat is, is your boat breaking down on a charter and you losing that day's income. I don't know why. Well, I, th- I guess that's a rational fear. That's a rational fear. Mm-hmm. I'm talking irrational fear. I'm talking about something that you would have a nightmare, wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh my God, there was puffer ship 
puffer fish well, all over the boat. My or, wife will tell you right now that I wake up all the time thinking I have to fish when I don't. So, okay. I literally. And oh, she, so it's like a fear of missing so missing the. She'll have a couple rosés and think around <laughs> two a.m. that it's fun to wake me up and tell me that I have to fish in the morning. And one time, and this is kind of a historical moment in our house. I had quit an offshore fishing job after two weeks of going every single day. And she woke me up that morning and told me I had to go fishing. And, and she claims that I literally cried and said, I don't want to go. <laughs> I just, Ooh. But, you know, I don't believe that part. So oh, that's, that's Jamie's quick fire answer. Bob, yeah. you, have, you, have, you have one choice here. Yes. You're going toe-to-toe with a grizzly bear or a gorilla. Which one? Oh, man. Oh, Both man. are going to kill you, by the way. Okay, so I end up dead. What's good? so instantly my brain goes to what will kill me quick, more quickly and more pa- compassionately. <sighs> oh, I think the gorilla could actually think that, but the bear might actually do it better. <laughs> I would go bear, bear, because I, I because I think that it would be a more swift kill. Jamie. I'm pretty sure if they if you curl up in a ball. The bear will like take you back to its cave and pretend you're one of its young. No, the that. gorilla is going to do that. It's going to sling you by the arm <laughs> yeah. and just be yeah. like, just like you're kind of like a person, you know. And then eventually it's going exactly. to tear your arms off and just beat you to hell. Yeah, but like, yeah. I should point out though that primates in general tend to have sex with every single thing in the tribe to display dominance. So, but so Bob, I think I would go bear as well. We don't. We don't need to. Don't Wikipedia that one, guys. That's that's a that's hundred percent right there. I did not uh, know. You got any more quick back. fires? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, uh, Beb, you're the quick fire king, dude. Come up, do this. Let's do this. This is why you're on the show i got one for you prove yourself right now uh, holy shit yeah uh, well give me a minute to think go ahead yeah best most favorite chain restaurant not fast food oh my god favorite chain restaurant for me at least for both y'all oh favorite oh i I don't know if i can do favorite i have a many that i love chain restaurant not fast food oh yeah okay (laughs) yeah bad go i really enjoy mo's oh yes i thought you were gonna say mo's i was hoping you didn't disappoint if you have a stack at mo's um, and, and Quick the, fire, what the, else? That's the, the number one? Come yeah, on. Moe's, straight up, a stack. It's a quesadilla with a hard shell, a little bit of like cheese you can put on it, and mm-hmm. a Coke machine that has probably a quadrillion options. It's also fast food. Yes, it does. What's the, what's the answer to his original question? TGI Fridays. Wow, really? He's a salad bar guy. No. TGI Fridays has a salad bar guy. No, it's not. I could give a fuck about the food. TGI Fridays has a... Dude, it's a fun bar to sit at. And they have bling on there. Oh, you are right about that. It's they not ring a bad the bell. bar. Nope. Like, dude, there's always good bartenders. It's, you know, I Go will, to TJ Fridays and order a fucking Bahama Mama and an Old Fashioned, and that motherfucker so got, has got that shit. No, you give me so a not include, if you don't you include food, you're right. The bar, the bar yes. is... You got to be able to settle for that, though. I, I appreciate I that answer. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and those pirate costumes, I'm in at hello and arg. Bob, go ahead. I don't even know what that is. My favorite chain? Restaurant, oh, man. not bar, oh. not fast food. I uh, I got a lot. Oh man, how do I answer this question? Okay, I would have to say the one I frequent the most is Longhorn Steakhouse. I think you've told me that before. Yeah. You you can if you, you can do it right at Longhorn. It's very here's why I like it. It's very easy to do Longhorn right. And by why, why I say right is the way that like whoever makes those decisions, who's never been in a kitchen or whatever, intends like the ideal customer, like the ideal experience Mm -hmm. is very easy for you to do at Longhorn. And they, they make it very easy for you to do at Longhorn. And you like the consistency as well, don't you? Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, there's, I've found very few, um, inconsistent things. Honestly, the most inconsistent thing I found is the service and it's really not that bad. No. And that's hard to control. I mean, that's, you know, 
Dude, That's I'm, one of those variables that you don't have a hand on. If you've ever, if you've known me for any length of time, you know that I rep Longhorn pretty hard. I and and I'm that does, that's not me saying to Longhorn before. I I have. Bab's been a lot done I've the Longhorn, Longhorn thing. Oh, I kind of feel Jace. left out now. I'll tell you my favorite chain restaurant, and uh, my wife's gonna laugh at this Cracker Barrel. And because no matter which one you go to, the catfish is always the same. Oh, is that the move? See, I've always people said I've only done Cracker Barrel like twice. And um, I've got what? I've gone on recommendations twice, mm-hmm. and it's, it hasn't been good, which isn't surprising. What did you order though? I don't know. That's the not catfish. the catfish. <laughs> the and fried catfish is okay. I'll, I'll try the catfish because I'm I'm very like I'm very like fuck you Cracker Barrel because I haven't had a good the good thing yet. You so. are never a kid playing checkers in front of that giant oh, fucking fireplace, or playing the ignoramus the, the yes because you game on triangle. Yeah, dude, I can leave one peg every fucking time. You want to play me that game? You're not ignoramus. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is awesome. Like yes. the, the the premise of Cracker Barrel, everything about it is, is I, I get why people do it. It's just like the most southern, you know, the epitome of you're going to do it our way, by God, and this is the South. You're going to sit in a, in a rocking, rocking chair, chair whether you want to or not. You're going to shop in our fucking yep. country store. And by God, if it's Wednesday, you're going to Oh, they put you through the wolf. whole thing, that's for sure. Oh, you, you start out in the store. The other reason I like them, though, is because uh, it's a great bathroom to stop at on the road. Mm-hmm. Always clean. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll put that in my app. All right, so what do you guys think? You want to wrap this up? Um, show about nothing? I mean, does it, this was, do you think that the show that's about been nothing done could before, ever work? But I think this is a show about a lot of things. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, yeah. If you all find time to stick around, figure it out, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get it figured out before too long, right? There'll be some good stories about cooking and restaurants and uh, a lot of miscellaneous in between. Yeah, we're just going to put Lindsay on the payroll. And we can't do any Dude. of that without you guys' support. So yeah, subscribe. And thanks for sponsoring us, Burton Salty. Once again, our uh, first and only sponsor, Burton Salty Korean Mustard. Um, you know, you know where to get it. It's all over the fucking place. It's everywhere. Yeah, delicious, right? It's, it's outstanding. Outstanding. It really is outstanding. Anyways, all right, we're gonna sign off. Bye. I'm Bob Cook. Thanks for listening, y'all. Jamie Huff, Brian Babb. We aren't storming Area 51 today. We are doing something a little bit more important. We are roasting goats.